than this. But at least it looks like to the Colossians, uh, those who, uh, who uh, would be patient and bear with one another and forgive as they have been forgiven. How they respond to others coming against them. That just as Christ was all of those things for you, you now bear his character and are those things to a watching world. But more than that to those, or along with that, those but along with that, those who are also brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. Some of the greatest hurts that you've experienced may have been by those who name the name of Jesus. Tell me I'm wrong afterwards. That you, brother and sister, have been saved by God. That He chose you. He chose this you to be a part of this church, that we are collectively God, God's chosen people, to be covered in Christ's character. So here's the question. If you were to look in the mirror, or if someone who loves Jesus and has a deep and mature understanding of His Word were to look at you, would they say, you're not going out like that? We're going to do a check. That's not how you ought to dress. Or would they say, that's what Jesus looks like. Come on. You match well. You see, the Colossians were saved. They were chosen so that they would be covered in Christ's character. But not only that, that they would be controlled by Christ's peace. Look at verse 15 with me. Verse 15 says this. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Paul, amazing, Paul was writing from jail when he wrote these words. Did you know that? Uh, the context of Colossians is he is writing several letters, and one of them is Colossians, and he is sitting in jail, and he tells them while he is in bondage and his freedoms have been taken away to whatever extent that they were, guys, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. That leads to thankfulness. I don't know what it's like to have my freedom taken away, to be put in chains, to be bound to where wherever uh, someone who has me in chains tells me to go and be allowed to do whatever they tell me to do. I don't know what it looks like to have to live out what it, uh, having the peace of Christ rule my heart while I am being overruled by somebody else. But did you know that there is a group in our history that can help us see to an extent what it looks like to look to the peace of Christ overruling our hearts in the midst of those who are acting ungodly toward us. In her book, Incidents of the Life in the Life of a Slave Girl, Harriet Jacobs says, uh, talking about a slave sale day, on one of these sale days, I saw a mother lead seven children to the auction block. She knew that some of them would be taken from her, but they took all. The children were sold to a slave trader, 
Parents, let your heart go here for a minute. Put yourself in this mother's shoes. And their mother was bought by a man in her own town. Before night, her seven children were all far away. She begged the trader to tell her where she intended to take them. This he refused to do. How could he when he knew he would sell them one by one where he could command the highest price? I met that mother in the street, and her wild, haggard face lives today in my mind. She wrung her hands in anguish and exclaimed, Gone! All gone! Why don't God kill me? I had no words wherewith to comfort her. Instances like this were a daily, ye hourly occurrence. You would ask, how in the world could someone in such deplorable conditions with no rights bound in chains express the peace of Christ surpassing even the most, re- the most terrible situation that you and I can imagine. Well, there's a group of songs that are called African American Spirituals that are a collection of slave songs, which they're informally dubbed, that of, the, of slaves processing together what it means to have peace, the peace of Christ, what it means to cry out for the justice of God, what it means to rely on the goodness of God in situations that were everything but good and just. They would gather together and they would say, they would lament together, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, nobody knows but Jesus. You've heard that song before. When they would remind each other, when days got hard, Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. Y'all thought that was a Baptist tune. That's not ours originally. It's ours originally, but not Baptists originally. They would say, uh, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. When the feelings of not belonging would overtake their souls, they could sing together to keep their minds on the peace of Christ that surpasses their situation. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child, true believer, a long, long way from home. These songs were designed to center their hearts on the peace of Christ that surpasses their situation. Brother and sister, the saints that have gone before us, Paul sitting in jail, and all of Scripture reminds us that the peace of Christ goes way beyond any situation you find yourself in. It goes beyond politics. It goes beyond cultural shifts. Y'all, the peace of Christ goes beyond whatever happens in this next election. Can, with Broken-hearted boldness, can I say something? Well, I have the microphone, so I will. <laughs> if your idea of the peace of Christ in your life can be changed by an election cycle, you don't know the peace of Christ. You don't know it as you ought to. Because the peace of Christ goes beyond anything in this world, goes even beyond death itself, goes to the cross of Christ where he was crucified, into that tomb, raised 
three days later, so that you would know uh, that although uh, that in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, chapter one, verse 20, and through Jesus to restore all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We can have a peace of Christ that pervades all situations because Christ's peace, the Prince of Peace, has done everything that in every way you can have peace when everything is changing. And Paul wants the Colossians to know no matter what changes as I'm sitting in a jail cell, you should have the peace of Christ rule your heart. That leads to thankfulness to God. So here's the question. Where does your heart find peace? If your heart is rocked, if your faith is questionable, if your idea of the future of Christianity is somehow shaken by some earthly thing, Something else is ruling your heart, some other version of peace, not the peace of Christ. But there is a way to have the peace of Christ rule your heart, that your thoughts, the heart, your emotions, your heart, the the reason for being, the place from which you speak and act and think and feel, that your hearts would be ruled by Christ's peace, that if the peace of Christ would control you as God has designed you, called you, chosen you, saved you to be. And that's where Paul goes in the next few verses, that God chose you first, Norfolk, that you would be covered in Christ's character, that you would be controlled by Christ's peace, and that you would be consumed by Christ's word. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everybody look at the person next to you, even if they're six feet from you and in your living room, wherever you are, and say, what consumes you comes out of you. Uh, We're going to do that one more time because I think there were some in Gary's group watching. I'm watching you right now that didn't participate. I'm just kidding. That's probably not. There's someone somewhere in some living room somewhere that didn't participate. So everybody right now, look at the person next to you and as loud as you can within reason, say what consumes you will come out of you. See, y'all know this principle that you just said. In fact, whether you've said it that way or not, I bet you understand that what consumes your mind and heart will come out of your mouth. Jesus said that much, did he not? In fact, uh, we know this just as a truth of life, not because Jesus said it. Jesus said it, therefore it's true. We've lived this truth. 
because I was in the military forever and ever, from here to 10 feet away, if there's a door, but there's grass between me and that door and a sidewalk that goes around, there's like a fight in my heart to have to walk on grass as opposed to just doing what I think ought to be done. I know ought to be done. What we ought to do is take the sidewalk, right? That was drilled in me. It's just weird for me to walk on grass when there's a sidewalk. When I walk my dog and come home, we go up to the driveway, we come back down and go to the sidewalk to the front door, even though it's my own yard. It's just weird for me. Um, forever and ever, because I was in the military, I'll care about a gig line. If you don't know what a gig line is, praise the Lord, you know, but, but I've been uh, convinced, brainwashing away, to just always be aware that my gig line's off or somebody else's is, and it bothers me, it bothers me. If you've ever met um, uh, uh, a Dallas Cowboys fan, man, what consumes them comes out, right? It doesn't matter if you, conv- if you try to tell them, like, they're not even a good team, you know? I lived in Dallas-Fort Worth area for a couple of years, and I was at a church, and I wanted to try to, like, you know, somehow reach them by being a part of them, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. If you want to be set up to be let down every year, be a Cowboys fan. And so you just try to let them know, and it doesn't matter. They're consumed by this reality, almost as bad as Alabama fans. I mean, they're just consumed by this reality that, what, y'all are laughing because you know it's true, by this reality that, that what consumes, and it, it'll come out, man, you I'm going to have nasty emails, not because of anything I said theologically, but because I said the Dallas Cowboys aren't a good team. You know, it's, man, what consumes comes out. Y'all know this with food, right? Eat terrible food for a long period of time, and you start coming out of your pants and shirt because they don't fit anymore. What you consume comes out. You, you know this by the news channels that you watch consistently and the Facebook feeds that you follow, don't you? That what you consume comes out. And what Paul wants them to see, because they were at risk, in chapter 2 we find out, of consuming this idea that the gospel is something other than what it is, that living the Christian life is about something else other than knowing and abiding by the Word of Christ, believing the Word of Christ. These philosophies and empty deceits and different ways to worship and blah, 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 all of these things. And Paul says, no, be careful of that junk. What you consume comes out. So let the Word of Christ dwell in you abundantly, dwell in you richly. And this is the danger in the life of a Christian, that what you consume comes out. That if what's coming out of you is not the word of Christ, the character of Christ, having your heart ruled by the peace of Christ, what you are taking in ought to be questioned. That what ought to consume you is the very word of Christ. And here's the ways that he gives them to do that. This is not an exhaustive list, but it looks at least like this. Teaching. Uh, teaching is a word that you think of with teaching, right? That it's instruction that leads to change in action or change in ideas or thinking. You, you're consumed by the Word of Christ when you under the Word of Christ, when you open the Word of Christ and you say, help me think different, help me live different, help me act different. This is being consumed by the Word of Christ, by admonishing that there ought to be times in your life 
where someone says, yo, you do not look like what God's Word says you ought to look like. You need to change. We're doing that this morning, aren't we? God calls us to have compassionate hearts. Do you have a compassionate heart? God calls us to be kind. Are you being unkind? If you're being unkind and not having compassion, not having humility, not being patient, not forgiving others who desire forgiveness, if, as Christ has forgiven you, you, you're not looking like Jesus. You don't need to go out like that. But teaching and admonishing one another, continuing on, he says, and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Oh, one time I went up to a pastor after church, and as a pastor, I've had many come up to me and say the same thing. Uh, pastor, I didn't like this worship today. And that pastor was so gracious and kind, and he set me straight, and he said, well, good, because it wasn't for you. And he let me know that when we gather together for worship, my preferences aren't what's the priority in the room. It's all about Jesus. I felt deep conviction because I thought I was coming with the impression that I can only worship if it's on my terms, and that was a wrong attitude to have before God. That was an ungodly attitude to have before God. And psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we did that today, didn't we? In fact, today we sang a song from 2020. We sang a song from 2016. We sang a song from the 18th century. And all of those written 1,800 plus years, 1,700 plus years after Paul was writing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You see, what Paul has in mind for the Colossians is as you gather together, you collectively are doing something great. You are teaching one another. You are encouraging one another. You're helping them behave like Christ. You're helping them worship Christ. That what's, what, what's, what comes out when you are squashed isn't our preferences, isn't our political differences, isn't the way that we think things ought to be, but rather is the word of Christ Jesus himself, that when you're squashed and pressed as a church, we would see that what comes out of us is the word of Christ and nothing else. We're consumed by it. That's what Paul says. But not just how we treat one another, but also how we relate to the outside world. In fact, he continues to go on and says, verse 17, and whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Doing all things in the name of the Lord Jesus, Paul did not want them to come to the conclusion. It means do whatever you want. Literally, chapter 2 and 3 is to help them to not think everything they want to think and not do everything they naturally do. It's rather to think as God thinks and do as Christ is doing in them. To be like Jesus in both how we think and act in word and deed. It's for God to say, that is a life my name is on. Not for us to say, this is the way I'm, I'm acting in Jesus' name. But rather where Jesus would look at, at us and say, that's how someone's supposed to have peace. That's how someone's supposed to look. That's what it looks like to be consumed by my word. That right there has my name on it, and we bear that now as Christ's people. That's what it looks like to be consumed by Christ's word. So what do we do with this? That all of us at First Norfolk who believe in Jesus Christ, 
have been chosen, you have been chosen, holy and beloved, to be covered in the character of Christ, to be controlled by the peace of Christ, to be consumed by Christ's Word. The main idea is the application. Let me ask you a question. Looking at your life, what covers you? Looking at your life, what controls the peace in your heart? You looking at your life, what consumes you? As we go to the Lord and respond, I would guess we all have work to do this morning. Would you allow, if you would say, my character does not reflect the character of Christ, would you be so courageous as to go before Him and say, God, would you help me to know what it means to be more compassionate, kind, meek, humble, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. As the Lord hits you, you respond that you walk out of here with a greater covering in Christ's character, looking more like Him than when you came in. If this morning you would say that what rocks my world and my peace is something other than the peace of Christ. It's shakable. You need to have a conversation with God and say, God, show me how to have an unshakable peace in you, that no matter what happens, whether I'm in jail like Paul or some other situation, you would allow me to have an unshakable peace. And then allow God to help you see what you find your peace in and ask Him to show you to take that away, how to take that away. If you would say, man, what consumes me isn't the Word of Christ. If you were to honestly say, I, I, I receive what consumes me more are cable news networks and social media feeds than Amos and Joel and Nahum and Habakkuk and Deuteronomy and Matthew, and Romans, and Hebrews, and Revelation, and Luke. If you would say, I know more about how to interpret my world from those sources than con being consumed by Christ, man, you need to have a shift right there. Whatever it is, let's get the work done. And we're going to do this through this lesson. I invite everyone who's here or who's watching on a screen to either stand or stay seated and through this last song, to participate through singing or participate through prayer, that you'd walk out of here more in love with Jesus and more like Him, responding to His call on your life this morning. Let's pray together, and then let's respond. Jesus, we thank You for being good to us. We thank You for Your Word, that, God, You have given us a way to, be, to know Your desire for us. We thank You, God, for saving us. We thank you, God, for showing us how to have the character that you call us to have. We thank you, God, for giving us a, us a peace that surpasses all understanding, that rules our hearts. 
Lord, we thank you, God, for knowing your word, that we can be consumed by it as around us chaos seems to consume. Lord, we ask that you would give us the courage and conviction to respond to you this morning, that we'd walk out of here more in love with Jesus and more like him, bearing his character, bearing his peace, bearing his word in a greater way together as a church. It's in his name we pray. Amen.